This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring incident, is Lyle Fulton, and I'm joined, as I really do hope I always will be, by the absolutely brilliant Jackie Balls. Jackie, welcome back to the podcast. We're back again Friday afternoon. It's absolutely brilliant to see you. You're gone already. We, we literally, it's 30 seconds. What's happened? What am I doing? What have I done? She's me and you went, Jackie Balls. Ludo went, oh. <laughs> We're also joined by Ludo, who seems to have some fairly, you know, specific views on Jackie podcasting this fine <laughs> Friday afternoon. Now, normally, Jackie, I would ask you how you are, but we're going to launch straight into this because I'm going to mention some big names, listeners. Going to mention some pretty big names. I don't need to launch into it yet. I don't want to answer how I am. Go. How are you? How's it going? Go. Go. How do my usual thing. You put me out of kills. Right? I want to talk about how I am. Well, also, I mean, look, I've been thrown way out of whack. I mean, I've heard recently that definitely aliens exist. Apparently, according to some people in the US. Yeah, listeners, that's what he wanted to talk about today. He wanted to talk about aliens. I'm not, I'm not up on aliens. I don't Jackie know. won't let me talk about aliens, right? And I really hoped that you know, usually. The briefing docs aren't read anyway, so I really hope they'll be like, oh, did you, not read the, <laughs> did you not read the briefing document? This week we're talking about aliens. But no, I'm not being allowed to talk about aliens, even though it's crazy what's going on over there in the States. Anyway, how are you? How are you this fine Friday afternoon? I'm great. And, I, and, and in honour of, I don't know if it's going to be one of the last ones before I get married, mm. when the schedule, because I'm completely out of whack with where our <laughs> scheduling is. I don't know what what's happening with our scheduling. But... I'm wearing my T-shirt from the day I got engaged. Amazing. And I saw your Instagram post quite recently. I mean, we're going to heavily date the podcast now, by the way, listeners, because <laughs> I can confirm that regardless of when this does go out and hits your ears, listeners, or your eyes if you're watching on YouTube, this will be the last podcast we record before Jackie does indeed get married. Before I become a missus. Before you become a missus. I've not actually, have I actually asked you... So are you taking James's name? Are you going to be no. professionally still Jackie Vores or what's no. the situation? No, I know it sounds really bad, which I really probably should, but I have an issue with James's surname. He doesn't know this, and he doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Right. His surname, he is James May, right? Yeah. He's not the James May. <laughs> <laughs> Although we often get restaurant tables because they think it is. I've anyway. never asked if you utilise this. You surely should, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. you should. So um, if I did, I'd be Jackie May. And whenever I think about that, I think, well, Jackie May not. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and it's it's kind of like a, a brain worm. When I hear Jackie May, I always think Jackie May not. So I think <laughs> I'm just going to say Jackie Moore's and be happy with it. And also, you have such a strong and ever-growing personal brand that is Jackie Vores. You know, I think it's important that we sustain that. And I'm sure James has been absolutely <laughs> brilliant about it. You know, I'm sure he's been very, very, he's very comfortable with that. I would probably launch into Jackie May Not as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you think Jackie will read this? Oh, Jackie May. <laughs> oh, Jackie May Not, you know. You have too much problem with it. <laughs> brilliant. But how is it all looking? I mean, obviously, we now are on the E, quite literally. This is the last one we're recording before yeah. the wedding. How is it looking? Everything all set? Are we good to go? Um, yeah, actually. 
Dash came back from his wild travels and he, he said to me, I'm so excited. I've got my clipboard. I'm ready to go. What do I need to do? And I was just like, mate, it's done. It's all done. Put your clipboard away. Use it for your next wedding. I have this image of Daph on the day with like a headset. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean, like just kind of making sure everything is kind of being moved in the right direction and things like that. Um, I've no doubt he was absolutely devastated. He got back and he was like, what this? There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. It's all done. Goodness me. Well, I cannot wait. I, for one, I'm really, really excited. My wife and I, my lovely wife, Alice and I, are very fortunate to be attending the brilliant day and we could not be more excited. We're absolutely buzzing. Um, It's just really nice to Are you bringing your microphone? I tell you what, I may. I may bring the podcaster and just walk around, just like sort of trying to get some sound bites. That would be so good. Yeah, I can do that if you want me to. I'm very, very happy to. I'm very happy to do some kind of... I don't want to ruin your wedding experience, but what a laugh it would be. Can you imagine? Well, I mean, I I always do quite like kind of doing these kind of fly on the wall things, (laughs) just sort of like get some really organic material. Uh, And to be honest, we have a fairly decent track record of including the odd expletive in the podcast anyway. So it's not even like anyone needs to be particular. Yeah, but it's not even like any guest at your wedding needs to be particularly like kind of, you know, careful or sensitive with the language they use because I host a podcast with Jackie Vores, everybody. Uh, You know, I've hosted two with Kelly Vero, who swears like a trooper. She drops the bombs. That's it. And, you know, so it's all going to be fine. We're going to be doing some fly on the wall recording. There you go. You heard it here first. There's going to be, there might even be a the rest PR wedding special. You never know. Who knows? But the reason I think kills, but I'd love to do it. I love that. Yeah, but, but James doesn't just do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, Lyle may, Lyle may record some stuff. Ludo will be there. Ludo will be there. Will be there. Well. Maybe Ludo and I'll just wander around, getting sort of a few uh, a few sound bites from people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm excited. At your are- table. <laughs> Love that. Brilliant. Yeah, sat next to Lena. Hello, mate. How are you? Oh, buzzing. Absolutely <laughs> cannot wait. But the reason, listeners, and I, I do feel bad about it, right? I do feel bad. And I'm, I'm glad we rectified it. I'm glad we did do our usual asking how Jackie is. And I'm glad to see and hear that it's all looking great for a couple of weeks' time. There you go. I've massively dated the podcast now. There you go, listeners. But the reason I wanted to launch in is because we're going to throw some big names at you. It's another impromptu recording of the podcast. Jackie and myself, obviously, we always love having guests on the podcast, as we always like to say, but it's always great that Jackie and I get to discuss and, and react to some current affairs stories as well and kind of assess and kind of pick the bones out of it when it comes to the PR and things like that. And it doesn't get any bigger recently than Coots Bank. Coots Bank listeners and the absolute farce that's been how they've dealt with Nigel Farage. Now, I want to go on record. Nigel Farage should have been said in a far more emphatic way than just Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage is a big personality, listeners, as, as I'm sure you know. He's a big, big personality. He is the leader of UKIP, uh, the UK Independence Party. I don't think he is um, anymore, is he? Maybe he's not. And in fact, no, you are right. He's the former head of UKIP. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely spot on. Well, I'm fact-checking that. You're absolutely right. There is a new leader of UKIP. Um, but Nigel Farage is now a presenter on GB News. He's a TV personality in his own right. He's a big, big personality who is, we used it in a, most, a very recent episode of the podcast this one. He's a challenging personality. You know, you don't want to go as far as to say divisive or provocative. He's a businessman. Yeah. He's um, very pro-Brexit, championed Brexit ideology years before Brexit became a term. And and he's been out and been friends with President Trump. His influence goes far and wide. Whether you agree with his political leanings or not, you know, he is a very powerful voice mm. on the UK media scene. 
absolutely right and I imagine if you've listened to the podcast throughout, like since we started recording these episodes of the podcast, as we're recording the podcast in general, that listeners, you would probably hazard a guess to say that I'm not a massive fan, right? You know, it's not, you know, I, I love to regale you as to why, but it's not a political podcast. And I think it's important that it's not a political podcast on this occasion, because whilst I'm not a massive fan of Nigel Farage and his politics, he's been done a bit dirty recently. And you cannot agree with his politics and not agree with him in general and also understand that that is the case and he has massively been done dirty what What happened happened? what happened recently listeners and this is for our worldwide listeners as much as it is for our uk listeners is that nigel farage is a or has in the past and i actually don't know what the ins and outs are with his relationship with Coots Bank now, because I think that's all going to come out in the wash. But he has banked with Coots Bank. So Coots Bank is, I think we mentioned it on a very recent episode of the podcast when we were talking about GB News. And this is kind of why we're doing this episode, because it's a knock on a bit of a callback to when we mentioned Farage with our GB News episode. Coots Bank is a bank that's kind of under the umbrella of NatWest. NatWest own and run Coots Bank. But Coots Bank is a very exclusive bank for the extremely wealthy so the aristocracy of the united kingdom very wealthy business people you know leaders of industry etc etc basically individuals who have extraordinary amounts of money i've got a i had a coots bank account but i didn't um (laughs) i didn't meet their criteria no so what happened was i was i think i was one of the first people to convert my pension into a self-invested personal pension to buy my office years and years and years ago gordon brown brought in this uh, legislation where for one year only you could convert your pension into a self-invested personal pension and you could buy commercial property for a set amount you could get you could basically get a you could pay 25% down and you could get the other 75% at a set amount a loan set loan that you pay off a set amount and for 20 years and then you were done which was great, which is an amazing deal. And it did kickstart the sort of commercial property market for small businesses. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all very boring. But what happened was that the company that there are only a few companies that could help you do that. And ours was a company which doesn't exist anymore called Wolanski, but they banked with Coots. And so I ended up getting a Coots bank account. Could you believe that? I was so excited. Exactly yeah. right. And 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 the thing is, right, is actually your response to that and the way you've just articulated that is like kind of how people feel. Yeah. And certainly how Nigel Farage. Like, ooh, you know. Yeah. Like it's kind of seen as this thing, right? And so certainly Nigel Farage, like for his brand, and I think actually that term is going to be very, very important here because we're going to try and talk as much as we can about kind of how this crisis has been managed, financial crisis management and things like that when it comes to the PR side of things. But Nigel Farage, maybe his brand and me a bit unfair because, you know, he's kind of the man of the people, but he's also a businessman. You know, he's seen to be quite a wealthy individual, et cetera, et cetera. His Coots Bank account was closed down. He was told that he could no longer bank with Coots Bank. And the reason that was given initially, and this is important, and we might be jumping the gun here, but the reason that was given initially and was, and this is again very significant, and was reported by the BBC. We've spoken a lot about the BBC recently. It was reported that the reason why Coots had decided to close Nigel Farage's bank account was that he didn't have enough money to bank with Coots anymore. He was no longer, as they say, liquid enough to bank with Coots Bank. This all seemed fairly cut and dry and opposition to Nigel Farage, (laughs) like people who 
are opposed to Nigel Farage's views and him as a personality in general, we're all ha 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 ha. Nigel Farage, businessman, ex leader of UKIP, GB News presenter, doesn't have enough money to bank with really exclusive bank. Ha ha ha. And that was kind of the pylon. We've talked a lot about pylons recently, people piling on going, if they didn't like Nigel Farage in particular, going, this is great, brilliant. And then it got very murky because it became clear, arguably thanks to Nigel Farage being allowed to use the platform he has on GB News to clear things up, it became clear that this was not actually true, that Nigel Farage, in fact, met the criteria, or rather most of the criteria to bank with Coots. What sadly, worldwide listeners and listeners in the UK as well, what sadly became clear is that one of the criteria apparently to bank with Coots is that you need to have a particular political inclination. And what's become clear over the last few days is that his bank account was not closed because he didn't or have need money. Not to have a political inclination. At all. Yeah, exactly. That's arguably worse, isn't it? Not to think anything about politics and the way our country is run and, in fact, just sit there with your loads of of money and not think about life or how we're run. And I'm going to go on record again. I'm going to emphasise this, not because I joy in saying it, right, but because I'm trying to make a point. I don't like the guy in particular and I don't agree with his views, but that's not fair. That's not what we're about anybody should should be allowed to bank despite what they think yes exactly it's just it's ludicrous worrying dangerous that people can be struck off because they say things a bank doesn't particularly like and it's the latest by the way and there are lots of layers this that we're going to discuss it's the latest in what has been a pretty rubbish few months for the bbc as well because they've Let's go. Let's go into it. Let's dig into it because the names. Otherwise, we'll forget the names. But the names have been fairly, uh, fairly kind of well reported. So, so Alison Rose, Alison who was Rose, the first, yes. first female bank chief executive of was she Coots or no? She was NatWest. She's NatWest. Yes, yeah, so she was um, the chief executive of NatWest until very she recently. Got chattering away to Simon Jack from the BBC, and talking to him about Nigel Farage's banking. Mm. how does that happen well it's just extraordinary it's it's an extraordinary you know lack of I mean foresight isn't even the word I mean like it's just an extraordinary lack of tact I mean you know we've been chatting away to a mate at a dinner party going you know Jackie Vores yeah I know Jackie Vores oh let me tell you about her most recent medical examination it's exactly the same principle you don't talk about other people you don't invade their privacy like that it's just it was an extraordinary it was extraordinary and 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 you know we we did a bit of research as we always do listeners before we sort of record this episode and we kind of got the chronology here so i'm going to try and be as factually accurate so we can pick the okay sorry i was right. ranting no 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 but i know <laughs> it's just shocking it's not good is it it's shocking it's it's unjust and it's unfair and and it's been rightly called out and heads have rightly rolled if we're being honest I mean that is the phrase that I have to use so late June 29th of June to be exact I believe Nigel Farage uh, posts a video on Twitter which is how things are being handled now uh, you know rightly or wrongly basically yeah saying that a commercial bank which was unnamed at the time had phoned him earlier this year to say he was 
having his bank accounts with that bank being closed down. And he basically kind of posited the idea at the time that it was a, or, you know, the bank told him allegedly that it was a commercial decision that was to do with, you know, his liquidity. Roll on five days later, some four or five days later, 3rd of July. And as Jackie rightly points out, Simon Jack, who's the BBC's business editor, attended a charity dinner and he sat in the vicinity of or indeed next to Dame Alison Rose, who's the chief executive of NatWest and NatWest owns Coots. Jack then the following day reports that the BBC had been told that Farage had fallen below what is referred to in the BBC report as a financial threshold for Coots, where customers must hold at least like a certain amount. It says I'm reading something here on, on the research have done three million in savings or borrow or invest at least one million with Coots. And Jack says his source, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, rejected Farage's claim that the closure of his bank account was in any way motivated by his political persuasion. And then it just kept knocking on and knocking on, knocking on. And we are where we are now, which is that Alison Rose is gone. Resigned. Resigned. Peter Flavel, who's the chief exec of Coots, he's gone. He is uh, he is no longer the chief executive of Coots. And Howard Davis, Sir Howard Davis, rather, who's the chairman of Coots, his future with the bank is now up in the air. The silence from Rishi Sunak has been deafening in terms of his relative support for the chairman of, of Coots Bank. It's just become very murky. And it kind of got us to thinking, after we'd referred to it in our previous episode, it got us to thinking that we should do a bit of a podcast on how financial institutions, with particular reference to Coots throughout this episode, deal with or have dealt with these particular crises. Because it strikes me, Jackie, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I hope I'm right, that they've had a bit of a nightmare here, haven't <laughs> they? they? They haven't really done very they well at all. really... The interesting thing about Coots is that Coots doesn't talk at all, really. No, yeah. It doesn't really need to. It doesn't do any PR. It doesn't do any sort of outward outreach because its reputation has gone before it as an establishment bank, you know, not an establishment, sort of a a historical, quite an enigmatic bank with incredible reputation and pedigree and as as we've said as you said quite rightly and very well uh, associated very much with the wealthy with the aristocratic society and you know when I got a Coots bank account way back I just thought wow doesn't this make me look good this is insane this is great I mean I don't have it anymore but it's just that kind. it has that kind of reputation it has that kind of brand around it so to hear that a Coots executive talked to a BBC re- business reporter about one of their clientele is just, it's, it's a complete shock, a complete surprise. I mean, why? Wh- what on earth did they hope to get out of it? What on earth did, wh- it just beggars belief. It the does. stupidity of the act in itself was humongous. But what was made worse was the kind of digging of the grave of the kind of, you know, the excuses and everything else and the trying to make statements and every just to trying to front it off, just get rid of it, just make it go away kind of crisis communications. 
it was just a mess. It had no accountability from the off. It was a very, very clear breach of client confidentiality from the highest level of an organisation that that person should have been had their box backed for them and marched out of the door by the chairman of Coots the minute yep. it came, that news came out. It just should have been, you know, they should have acted quickly. They should have, they shouldn't have done it in the first place. It was just ridiculous. But, you know, th- things happen, bad things happen. And the way you respond to things is the measure of your organisation. And I think you told me earlier, the city has responded oh yeah yeah uh, only the way the city can so i think at time of recording this whole episode has knocked one billion pounds off of natwest's share price and it's still falling um and so obviously that's why you know the future of their chairman is up for some debate let's take it one step further jeremy hunt then waded in into our worldwide listeners you know, Jeremy Hunt is uh, within the government and he's fairly no, he's high a, profile. He's a Chancellor of the Exchequer. <clears throat> Chancellor of the Exchequer. He's Chancellor of the Exchequer. And he's been, you know, a political I mean, force. he's in charge of the money. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which makes this story all the more unfathomable, if you think about it. So our worldwide listeners will be aware of a bank called Monzo. Monzo Bank. The next step on this chronology is that Jeremy Hunt then revealed publicly that he'd been turned down for a Monzo bank account. And he cited that he thought that that was because of his political views. And then, and I'm actually, this isn't even me reading it. I'm trying to remember this. Nigel Farage then said via the Daily Mail, I think it was, or via a particular newspaper, that via a sub, what was called a subject access request, whatever the hell that means, he had been granted the report from Coots that explained why his bank account had been closed. And bearing in mind, listeners, that this is post the BBC reporting and Simon Jack reporting what he'd been told by Alison Rose, which is that he didn't have enough money in his account, right? So the BBC had reported that Nigel Farage fell below the criteria of having that £3 million savings or investing or borrowing a million pounds into Coots. So that had been reported by the BBC. It was then reported via the mail, or I'd need to probably fact check that, but a certain newspaper, Nigel Farage, released the story that he had had a report via this subject access request that said in black and white that his bank account had been closed because, quote unquote, he doesn't align with our values, which then begged this huge infrastructural, administrative, bureaucratical, however you want to put it, question. Hoo-ha. But the big question, how are we supposed to think in order to be allowed to have money? It's basically... Don't have money. Use money. Earn money. Use money. money. Put our money somewhere safe. If Do we have to think a certain way? And I'm going to emphasise again, I don't agree with his opinions. I don't agree with his politics. Fine. That's as may be. There are lots of people who don't. There are some people who do, and it's not a political podcast. But he thinks a certain way, and he advocates and posits a set of political views. What is that bank's values? Well, I mean, this values, is that, what values would that clash with? I don't understand. From a PR perspective, it then got very muddy, and and they mm. really started to lose control of the situation because they then responded to these claims by alleging 
that his uh, xenophobic, chauvinistic, I think the, the words they used were xenophobic, chauvinistic, and racist. They, this was a public statement. They said chauvinistic, xenophobic, racist views posited by Nigel Farage affects our bank's brand and reputation. Now, let's unpick that for a second. You cannot agree with his views, and he said some pretty, how I might say to my mates, you know, down the pub, rogue things, right? He said some rogue things that can be interpreted, and I don't want to go down the political route. He said some bad stuff, and he's like, you know, posited some really, you know, sort of slightly occasionally inflammatory things. That's mm-hmm. as maybe. But the reason that particular tactic of crisis management is ridiculously poor is that's a very there's some very extreme lexicon you've introduced there there's some very very extreme terms you've introduced there in defense of your actions and you've also contradicted yourself because values and reputation don't necessarily need to be mutually exclusive right we've spoken about gb news right gb news has a reputation for being challenging and for being watchable and for being you know like sort of a a community for debate and like you know hard talking conversation right their values are that that's that's always what we're going to be and they stick to that value and they stick to that tone they stick to that personality their reputation can occasionally be in the mud or it can be sky high reputation fluctuates they're using different terminology they're using different rhetoric make your mind up are you worried about the values you as a bank hold? I always thought, and I don't want to be derogatory, but I always thought your values would be if you've got loads of money, you can bank it. I kind of just I kind of just thought that was like kind of the vibe. Like I don't want to really dumb it down and water it down, but like it says there in black and white, if you've got three million in savings, you can bank with us. It doesn't say anywhere, or it would have been published, right? It would have been published that the values were that you need to be this politically inclined or this way, you know. It's it goes back to the BBC conversation we've had in the past. You know, there was a grey area with what Gary Lineker did because... I think there's two things. I, th- I you know. do think there's two things here. Let's say, I mean, I have you asked your bank if they've got any values? Maybe we should. Well, Maybe yeah. we should ask our banks, all of us, what's your values? And do I, do I, do I represent those values? So that could be one thing. Mm. The second thing is where does confidentiality come in here? What you're absolutely what you're absolutely saying is, and quite rightly, is their communication has been a mess mm. from start to finish, from the start of this sorry, sorry saga to even up to today, where there is still no clear communication of what went wrong, how they're handling it. We don't need the solution, but we do need them to communicate what they're doing and we need them to communicate and be accountable for the shocking series of errors that have gone on and to acknowledge those errors because it's clear as daylight to anybody who reads about this and who discusses it like you and I do they are in the wrong done you know Mm. they're in the wrong so if you're in the wrong and this should be the thing we should be discussing right now Mm. Whether you are a financial institution or whether you're a chemical company or a pharmaceutical company, when you're in the wrong, get on with fixing it and telling people what you're doing to fix things. Now, I understand all the legal stuff and I advise people in crisis about, you know, when, you know, what they say and how they admit they're in the wrong or how not to admit when you're in the wrong or whether you know you're in the wrong or not. There are always grey areas, right? Mm. 
Mm. Uh, but this one is pretty cut and dried. Yeah. It's pretty cut and dried. Yeah. And still there is this sort of bleh, this blurry line, fuzzy effery. Yes, well done. Hey, come <laughs> on now. This is great. I that mean, can only be associated with a bunch of people who just live in a in cloud cuckoo land of wealth and entitlement who don't understand the world like we do. Which exactly is, right. Exactly can, right. You know, you have a product that you are selling to people that people buy from you because people forget we pay our banks to provide us this service. Yeah. Nigel Farage paid them to behave a certain way towards him. And they let him down. Yeah. And still, to this day, you've still got, what's his name? The chairman saying, no, no, I'm not going to leave. Nothing wrong with what, you know, what's... What... Well, that was going to be my point. So, so Howard Davis remains, he sustains. There's a pun in there somewhere when it comes to remain versus uh, versus leave. Um, you know, when it comes to Farage being a big fan of leave. Uh, but I won't, I won't go down the political joke route. Political satire is not what this podcast is about. But... Maybe it will be in the future. But you're right. I mean, then it comes down to the issue of confidentiality. Farage claimed that Alison Rose broke confidentiality as, you know, the owner of the bank, the person who, not the owner, but the chief executive of the bank he banks with in the form of NatWest, being a derivative, of, uh, well, Coots being a derivative of NatWest. And that then led to questions, you know, whether you like him or loathe him, you know, how would you feel if, you know, your bank started kind of talking about what your financial situation was with every Tom, Dick and Harry down the pub? You'd feel you know, pretty put out by that. You know, we we place our trust in in who we bank with. You know, we place our money with them. You know, if things go awry in terms of scams or money leaving that we don't recognise, we call them up, we ask them to sort it out. It's just a given. We take it, we take that for granted. There's the confidentiality thing, but you're so right in what you say about the murkiness and the, you know, the the messaging and the lack of taking accountability as run parallel with each other. Therefore, messaging as to say, because they are not, they don't have a communications machine mm. within Coots. I don't know what the communications machine in NatWest is about, but I would say they've pretty probably got one of these great big, very highly paid international PR agencies, specialists in financial communications, who probably make a lovely fat retainer every month and do very little for it. Mm. And everybody's just acting like startled deer in the headlights. Like, yeah. whoa, Coots is like, we've, we've, we've never done anything like this before. We've got no idea what to do. That's how it's coming across. It's like, but, 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 oh, let's just, let's just say this, let's just say that. Seriously, they need somebody to go in there, rattle their heads a bit. Well, to be honest, Farage is just saying the whole board should go. And I, I'm kind of with him. I'm just like, Yeah, what? I don't yeah. disagree. Our prime minister and our chancellor, We've talked about stakeholder management and stakeholder involvement in the running of organisations. When we spoke to Kevin about, you know, fan management and, you know, football fan engagement, this is obviously, at a, you know, at, at the stratospheric different level. Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt, then sources close, claimed were concerned that Alison Rose had decided to stay on despite having issued a public apology at breaching confidentiality about Nigel Farage's financial situation. Where I'm getting at, and there is a point here, I promise, is that we've spoken about crisis management in the past and how it's important, regardless of how reactive you are, to have a set of fundamentals and a plan in place and a framework with which you can then... You've been listening. <laughs> I've been listening and learning. You can roll out 
your message and you're all pulling in the same direction and you know certain rules as well is that this you know this is how we respond this is what we do and this is how you know we need to to, do do something yeah not defend the indefensible yeah it's not crisis comms don't want i don't want to you know we're not going to date the podcast because you could be listening to this in september you can listen to this whenever listeners but on the 26th of july 2023 at two in the morning Alison Rose resigned, which doesn't speak to me as being part of a very well formulated plan because I don't think you announce your resigning from oh. one of the biggest banks. Yeah, in the world I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know whether I agree with you on that. I don't, I don't think time, and I, I think they just didn't have a plan, though, did they? They clearly, like, the second this came out, I mean, their plan was to try and ride. The, he doesn't I think they money. wanted to ride it definitely they wanted to ride the storm and I actually don't I think Farage took them by surprise yeah. I think that they didn't they didn't bank on the fact that the man has no personal agenda he, they think they thought oh he probably wouldn't want to speak about his own personal wealth he probably wouldn't want to talk about this it's embarrassing well he doesn't care he mm. is unapologetic if he sees a wrong, he will go as in his in his way, and in or wherever he sees as a wrong. I mean, we might not agree with what Nigel Farage generally thinks is right or wrong, but when he sees a wrong, he wants to write it, and it doesn't really matter if it's personal to him. I think the thing the thing that they I think he took them completely unawares, and I think they underestimated him. They underestimated GB News's cut through. And yeah. they weren't prepared. They no. just just sat on their laurels and and tried to fudge their way through it. And it was just just a disaster. Exactly right. So where do we sit now as we bring this episode to a close? Well, listeners, the truth is, as with any instance like this, any episode like this, it's just about as muddy as it's ever been. Flavel's gone from Coots. Alison Rose has gone from that West. Howard Davis remains in situ for how long? Um, we don't know. I don't think he'll stay for long. Yeah. At time of listening, he may well have already be gone, so that this information that I'm giving you may well not be up to date. But Farage is calling for the whole of the NatWest board to go. Whether he will still have a bank account with Coots remains to be seen, because again, there's like an infrastructural situation here. That, you know, it would be a climb down from one or the other, regardless of how this episode is played out. If Farage turns around and goes, you know, I don't want a Coots bank account anymore because of how, you know, how bad a taste this is. I don't think you go near them with a pooey stick, to be exactly. honest. Exactly, but Coots might want to offer him, you know... Oh, no, I think that, that, that ship is set. Uh, so it's just, it's it's a very muddy situation. The end goal, you know, the, who knows what the end goal is, where do we sit? But it's just another example, isn't it? And, you know, I would it's really... It's interesting to me that, you know, even the oldest and most revered of institutions can still get it so monstrously wrong and i think we should just leave it there i yeah exactly everybody should learn from it yeah and i'll tell you what there's a wider point here which i'd like to make yeah you're so right and i think we should we will we will leave it there which is the times they are changing right as a brilliant singer-songwriter once wrote and then sang right you can agree to disagree with that right okay but the times they are changing and certain institutionalized ways of doing things don't stand up anymore right the world's changing people have different views we are a a very diverse community of human beings across the world and actually it's important to just like understand that like from a purely administrative level 
people need to be able to put their money somewhere right without worrying about how it's going to be received that their own particular opinions are so we'll leave it at that and you know nigel if you want to come on and defend yourself on the rest is pr we'd love to chat to you Defend, um, he's got nothing to defend. He's got nothing to defend. He's got nothing to defend his actions. You Come know, and tell us how, how you rocked the establishment. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. And I promise I won't talk to you about Brexit um, <laughs> uh, or anything like that. But listen, it's just another example of how it's been dealt with very, very poorly by Coots Bank. Heads have rolled quite rightly. And we, it remains to be seen how the situation develops. But I promise you, listeners, that if anything else does happen, we'll be right there to update you and, and react to, to the ongoing situation. A few T's and C's which sounds to me like Cooch should have read out to Nigel Farage and other members of the bank so that they knew what they were getting themselves into. But a few T's and C's, because we're very clear on our messaging here at the rest is PR. A few T's and C's before we let you go, listeners. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so. Info at the rest is PR.com, info at demozo.com. You can also visit both of those websites to find out all about the podcast, the rest is PR.com, and all about the brilliant work Demozo's been up to at demozo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the rest is PR, capital T, capital R, capital I, capital PR. And you can also get in touch with us via LinkedIn, Jackie Balls, Lyle Falls, and we will always respond to messages from prospective guests. Or if you just have a topic you'd like us to discuss, Jackie, as we've said, uh-huh. this is the last one we record before the big day. So it goes without saying, I just want to say, have an amazing day. I'll see you there, obviously, but yeah. thank you for. Thank you podcasting before you're a married lady we look forward to doing the first podcast as a married as a married lady post the uh, post the wedding scary fairy no but best luck you're gonna have an absolutely brilliant day i can't wait to enjoy it with you both and listeners thank you so much for joining us on the latest episode of the rest is pr from jackie who's soon to be married by the way listeners give it up from jackie and myself bye